0: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Granite Spirits podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lynn. And today we're going to be talking about the law of karma and the law of forgiveness. Uh, This is chapter 5, I believe, in The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Govelshin. And to be honest, it has been so hard for me to get through this chapter. I don't know why um like normally I'm just super excited to to get through all of this and I don't know if it's just like stress or like what is going on in my life. I don't know, but um it's just been so hard. so luckily I um I read this chapter and took and like did like all the quotes and stuff before. So I'm just gonna be going off of that, but I haven't reread the chapter like I normally do for the other episodes. So just keep that in mind as I'm going through it today. But I do hope that it'll still be um, helpful to you to go over um, the quotes of this chapter, and and yeah. So please stay tuned. Alright, so before I get started on this week's chapter, The Law of Karma The Law of Forgiveness, I wanted to take a step back and clear up some things that I said in the last episode. So in the last episode, um, talked about the law of non-resistance. And actually, I found this great quote by Taylor Swift in the song Long Story Short. Um, and it says, what well, she says, actually, she says course now i can't find it here it is okay i want to tell you not to get lost in these petty things your nemeses will defeat themselves before you get a chance to swing and i feel like that quote like really encapsulates like what the law of non-resistance talks about that you won't even have to fight because everything that you uh, all of your nemeses they'll just just fall um and i feel like that's like the essence of what the law of non-resistance is, and so that's why I wanted to bring it up. But on the other hand, I talked about, um, in that episode last week, I talked about BLM and saying like how we have to believe that everything will work itself out in the end, but the thing is, is that the reason why I believe that is because I always advocate on this channel that um, you have to listen and believe in yourself and believe in your calling. And so listen to yourself and do all of that. And so I feel like it really is some people's life, I want to say life purpose, because like I've said, I said like two episodes ago that we all have like different purposes and like one of them is to like love each other and to do all of that. So I feel like when I was talking about that, um, I made it seem like, oh, you could just sit at home and do nothing and just keep being um oppressed and then everything will just work out like the suppressors will just be like oh yeah let me just let you free and it's not going to work like that so I just like really wanted to just like clear up that misconception um that you may have thought of when you listened to last week's episode um and if you're new and you haven't listened to last week's episode then go listen to that one um because that's chapter four and now we're doing chapter five so yeah I just wanted to say those two things there All right, so for this week, uh, the law of karma and the law of forgiveness. As always, we're going to begin with the first line because it's always like gold. Um, So it says, man receives only that which he gives. The game of life is a game of boomerangs. Man's thoughts, deeds, and words return to him sooner or later with astounding accuracy. This is the law of karma, which is which is Sanskrit for come back. Whatsoever a man soweth, that he that shall he also reap. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically, I just like love how it starts off um, saying that like whatever you give, you're going to get. What I, like, It just like everything just comes back. So if you send out love to the world, you're going to receive love. If you send out hate to the world, you're going to receive hate. And I feel like that's just something that it's spiritual spiritual law. Like, you can't escape it even if you tried. Um, but I also liked how so at the bottom of page 39. She says, my friend is in high consciousness. So her karma returns to her more quickly than to one on the mental plane. So basically, it's kind of like that whole like Spider-Man thing. Like, with um, more power comes more responsibility. So when you become aware of how powerful you really are... You have to know that you are also responsible for that power. So whatever you speak into the universe, knowing that it will, like you can't be careless anymore because you have this higher consciousness now. Um. So I feel like yeah, like I was gonna say everything's like a blessing and a curse, but then we just spent like the like chapter three or something talking about how there is no difference between good and evil. So then I was like, uh, but yeah. Um, all right, so moving right along, um, yeah, so she talks about the more man knows, the more responsible he is, um, the more he is responsible for, and a person with a knowledge of spiritual law, which he does not practice, suffers greatly in consequence. So if you know it and you, like, it's like the ignorance is bliss type thing, you know, like, if you don't know about it, then you get, like, pardoned because it's, like, you're ignorant so you're it's it's bliss but if you know about it and you continually put evil into the world or hate or however you want to call it um it is going to come back to you because you know like you're more intentional about doing it Hmm, that just reminded me of um this debate that I had in one of my classes about like what is more important like the intention or the outcome. So, um, like, if I had good intentions but it didn't come out right, am I still at fault? Or the opposite. If I had bad intentions but the outcome was still good, I didn't end up hurting those people, am I still a bad person? And I always believed that it had to do with the intention. Um, but when we were debating it in class, people had really good um, points for, for why it was, why it was a good thing, or why why it was good or bad, depending on how you see it, um, that it was more about the outcome, so interesting stuff, um, but yeah, so now I am on page 40, and so, like, pretty much everything that she says in here is just amazing. But, um, yeah, page 40, I put, like, all of page 40 in my notes. Um, but, yeah, uh, let me read this, this next quote. This is the perfect idea of man registered in divine mind. Awaiting man's recognition, for man can only be what he sees himself to be and only attain what he sees himself attaining. So this is kind of like the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like if you if you envision a a glass ceiling for you, that's what's going to happen. Oh, so I this is just came to me. This is actually pretty cool. So there was a study done um with fleas. And it sounds weird, but like but fleas like they can jump astronomically high, right? And so um scientists got a bunch of fleas together and they put them in a cup. And obviously, the flea could easily jump over the cup. Like, no problem. So they had to put, like, a lid on it. Well, they let the, the fleas... Like, they gave them, like, food and water and everything. And so they reproduced. Then, just in one generation... One generation, they un, they untwisted the lid. Like, they took the lid off. And the fleas could, would no longer jump out of the, the cup. Isn't that wild? Like... Their parents could just jump over that no problem, but because they had, like, these, the, this generation hadn't seen it happen, hadn't seen that be done, had, didn't know that they had that power, they didn't do it. They really, like, put, like, a glass ceiling over themselves when there was no need to. And I really feel like that's, like, uh, a metaphor of, like, what happens to us as humans, you know? And I feel like that's why role models are so important because it's like, oh, like well, if that person could do it, then I could do it too. Even though, even though I 100% say that if you believe you can do it, you can do it. But it is always nice to see other people um, like lead the way because obviously the trailblazers are the, like, that's the scariest thing, you know, to like be the first to do this. Um, but then, going back to, like, what we've learned from Florence Govel Shin is that if you do everything with pure love, then there's no reason, like, everything you should do should be with love, um, and not fear, but, um, that just reminded me when I, when I read that quote. Um... Yeah, so then she goes on to say, man first sees his failure or success, his joy or his sorrow before it swings into visibility from the scene set in his own imagination. So you have to like picture it. Um we have observed this in the mother picturing disease for her for her child or a woman's seeing success and success for her husband. So hard for me to read that. Um yeah, so that was like last chapter and the chapter before, how she was like, if you, um, if other people see it for you, like even if you don't see it yourself, if you have other people pushing you along or supporting you or all of that, then you're also going to to do it. And then this part, um, so I posted a while ago now um, this quote from Sai Swoon. I put it on um, Instagram. This is like completely different. Because this time she was talking about um, freedom. And here we go. So here, Florence this is at the bottom of page 40. It says, so we see freedom from all unhappy conditions comes from knowledge, a knowledge of spiritual law. And so Sai Spoon on Instagram, she was talking, she was like just putting it out there. Like, what does freedom mean to you? And a lot of people um answered her and so people said like being in the natural world exciting and plausible possibilities choosing how to spend your free time feeling safe to go with the flow of life safety just being honoring honoring self not tuning in my ego channel what others may think no nowhere to go nothing to do um so there's just like so many people that wrote um one person said money in the bank uh bare feet on grass me outside driving nothing to do nowhere to be um knowing how to let my emotions come and go without them taking over that i think that's a great one and then here's are the ones that size so swoon herself her name's gabby um gabby she um highlighted this one it says not feeling constrained by my own mind going on a spontaneous long walk and she also did this one lightness and chest And then this is what she wrote, she said, for me, freedom is all about how I feel energetically. Freedom is about safety. Freedom is about confidence, confidence mainly. If a situation or a person is making me forget that I am my own best friend, causing stress and worry, putting a heavy energetic backpack on me and uh, that makes daily tasks harder, it has to go. Peace of mind and confidence over everything and only surrounding yourself with those that value those practices as much as you do once you realize performing chaos and taking on stress does not equate to care and effort you're free you can show you can show care and solve problems without starting a fire in your gut and throat without begging to be witnessed in your turmoil as some kind of proof of how much you care, how alive you are, separating the performance from the being, standing in your giggly eternity against all odds. That is freedom to me. Then she writes, in short, being able to freely say yes or no, even if it's only in my mind. And then she found this other quote. So this is like a couple of days later. She found this quote. This is by, oh, somebody else that I follow. Um it's ode ode andy freud i don't know i think i said that wrong but that's also a great account to follow but um this is what this one says they asked her what is real freedom she answered freedom is mental clarity combined with inner peace freedom is when you see without projecting And when you can live without causing yourself unnecessary mental tension or stress, it happens every moment. You are not craving for more. Happiness and freedom are one. And that's from Young Pueblo, A Clear Mind. So yeah, so I just found that to be so cool because the way that um, Florence Goloshin sees it um, is freedom means all unhappy from all unhappy conditions comes... Yeah, so, like, freedom is, like, the good. So she says, free from all unhappy conditions, and it comes through knowledge, a knowledge of spiritual law. And so I think that if we were to ask Florence herself, I feel like she would agree with what Gabby has to say um, or what um, Young Pueblo has to say, too. So... um, when it all comes down to just, like, the knowledge of spiritual law, and, like, really, um, I wouldn't say, like, abiding by the, no, I would say, like, abiding by the law, but, hmm, what I, what's coming to mind is, I think I've talked about this before, is that, that verse in, in Romans, where it's, like, why would you live with the cockroaches when you could live with the kings, and then I went on this whole thing, and I was, like, well, why are cockroaches bad, but in, like, it, it was just, like, to make to make the point in Romans is why they said that. Um, and it, it, I would say it's bad to live with cockroaches because, like, they freak me out. It's, like, the only thing that I'm, like, deadly afraid of. And, like, I know that I shouldn't be, but I am. But then you – I'm going to this whole tangent now. But then it's, like, well, they're a living creature, too. So, like, what makes them bad and, like, ladybugs good when they're both – they both have wings, they both have a hard shell, they both have six legs, they both have antennae. But i would a hundred- I would let a million ladybugs touch me, and I can't even see a cockroach, so that's like a whole other thing but <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that if you have this spiritual law and you have this power, like why would you want to go back on that? I feel like that's like where freedom comes is when you have this power and you you have the freedom to do whatever you want, but you're still like um. I would disagree with the people who said, like, no, nothing to do, nowhere to go, because then it's like, well, where's the purpose then? But that's also something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, <laughs> is that um, I just, like, chuckle to myself because I think about so many things lately. <laughs> um, that's what I've been thinking a lot about lately, though, is that sometimes you have to allow, uh, how do I put it, like, like not everybody like everybody has their own path and i feel like by pushing people into how do i put it like sometimes that's what that's really what what's happy what makes happy well it makes people happy is just to have nothing to do and nowhere to go because what i was gonna say was like, that's, I wouldn't agree with that because I feel like there still needs to be a purpose and, like, you still ha- should have, like, goals and, like, try to keep moving forward. But then it's, like, maybe some people like to live in complacency, but then it's, like, do they, though? Do they actually? Or are they just telling that themselves so that they don't feel bad about themselves? Is that, like, a protective thing? You see what I'm saying? Because that's something, I've, like I said, I've been debating this in my head for so long and it's, like, nice to, like, have an outlet for right now. Um, I don't even mean to go down this tangent, but, um, but yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, I feel like people are naturally curious and naturally want to grow. And I've asked my students this, so it's like a little mini experiment, I guess. But I, I asked them all, um, is there ever a time where it's bad to grow where it's, or it's bad to change? And I want to say like, n- I want to say hundred percent, but there might be one person that I'm forgetting. So I'm going to say 99.9% said that said, no, like there's never, there's never not a good time. <laughs> so many negatives that it means that it's always good, that it's always good to grow. It's always good to change. And then I've been thinking about like curiosity and I feel like, like when kids are, toddlers that go through that why phase well why this and why that and why that and then i feel like growing up you always i mean i always heard that like that was oh it's so annoying that my kids going through their why phase but it's like why why is that bad and why and i think i've and i've talked about it on this on this channel too or this podcast whatever um that you need to constantly be asking yourself why. And like I've been going through that a lot lately too, and I feel like that's why it's I didn't I couldn't even reread this chapter this week because I was like, like I just had so many other things on my mind, like I can't even focus on the book. But like now that I'm here and I'm like speaking and I'm like, okay, like it's actually all coming together. Um, but it's just like why? Like I've just been like going through these this why. And I finally come up with the answer, but then it's, like, fear takes over, and it's, like, okay, well, like, where do I go from here? And it's, like, I have to get over it, but I I can't get over it, and so this whole thing continues. But, um, but yeah, the, I guess that was, like, a big sparrow, but <laughs> going back to the book, talking about a knowledge of spiritual law is that you have to, you do have to abide by it, but it's, like... It's easy to abide by it because you're gaining so much. And I feel like people say like it's quote unquote cool to like break the rules. Um and I think that comes from I think I've I talked about this before and I'm like drawing a blank of what I said before. But it's like to show that you're your own person, but I feel like that's like more of like the ego thing instead of like your super conscience and like divine mind and everything so i feel like if you're going with the divine mind then it's a good thing to like abide by spiritual law right which actually goes in perfectly with the next um quote so this is like literally the next thing it says it says obedience precedes authority and the law obeys man when he obeys the law and so that's, like, talking about spiritual law. But then she talks about the law of electricity. And this is, like, such a perfect example. Um, she says, the law of electricity must be obeyed before it becomes man's servant. So, yeah, I would say that electricity now is our servant. Like, we flip the light, the switch on, and then lights just magically appear. I press the the on button on my remote, and I have a TV. Like, it really, like, you guys know, could call Alexa right now and she'll she'll answer me because of electricity but so like now so now it, it's like our servant but before if I were to to put my like if I didn't understand it, if I didn't obey it I could die from electricity as well you know I could stick my finger in a socket and now I'm dead so it's just super interesting. Like, that's why I love that example. And so that's why she equates it to spiritual law, that you do need to obey it and abide by it. And then that's how then it becomes um, a servant to you so that you can be truly free. Super interesting, right? Um, all right, so now the next quote, let me get it from my notes because like I said... I haven't read this in a bit but um let's go over here so um it's on page 41 oh i didn't finish it my bad so it says after like the law of electricity thing it says when handled ignorantly it becomes man's deadly deadly foe and that's exactly what it is like i said with my finger the light in the light socket then i would die um and then on page 41 this is when she talks about um god being the infinite intelligence and oh this is like the spell so she goes on to talk about like a story about how like your what you desire like it really um makes a a a big difference so like if you really want something you'll get it but then it's like but we get it like in the good way or the bad way so here's talking about a house and then that the guy died because she wanted this house so badly where if she had just said infinite here's a spell infinite intelligence give me the right house equally as charming as this one the house which is mine by divine right then it would have been um done in a good way um and so then the owner wouldn't have died and i think her husband died too because of this cuz she just wanted that specific house so badly Um, so again, like with the great power comes great responsibility is where, um, that leads off. But yeah, I just really, I really like that quote, um, for that spell of infinite intelligence, give me the right, whatever, whatever you're desiring. Um, so it could be like, if you are looking for, if you're single and you're looking for somebody, you could say like infinite intelligence, give me the right husband or wife, um, that the person who is with is mine by divine right even though people aren't really yours because everyone's their own but yeah what i mean that was just the first example or if you want whatever you want the job a pet Uh, ps5 (laughs) i don't know whatever you want if you say this and you like really believe it then it will be yours and it will be by divine right and that's the other thing too is that like if something belongs to you then nothing you do or can you you can't lose it by any means like no matter what you do you won't lose it if it is really truly yours by divine right and that's what's so amazing about divine right Oh, so then, so she says next, the divine selection would have given perfect satisfaction and brought good to all. The divine pattern is the only safe pattern to work by. So yeah, super interesting. Um, But then she warns and says, desire is a tremendous force and must be directed in the right channels or chaos ensues. In demonstrating, the important step is the first step to ask, to ask a right man should always demand only that which is his by divine right and once again like it just it like irks me (laughs) when it's like man and then he and like all these things because i know that she means it like in the general um but it just always irks me so i just wanted to point that out all right so now we're on page 42 and on 42, it says, um, if the right house or the thing that you desire, if the thing that I desire is mine, I cannot lose it. Oh, it's here. <laughs> if it is not, give me its, equ- its equivalent. Um, yeah. So I also saw that on Instagram, but it's cool that it's right here in the book, too. Like I said, I have <laughs> read this chapter in a bit, but it's, like, cool because it's, like, all coming back, too, and it's, like, really good to, like, always, like, brush up on everything as well, um, so, yeah, all right, the next quote is, I put this situation in the hands of infinite love and wisdom. If this trip is it, is the divine plan, I bless it and no longer resist, but if it's not divinely planned, I give thanks that it is now dissolved and dissipated, and that actually reminds me of, like, what, um she was talking about when she said this she was talking about like a woman and a daughter who she, like the woman didn't want her daughter to leave but the daughter really wanted to go so then the the mom like made the did the spell and then i think that she ended up not oh yeah says so right here a day or two after that her daughter said to her mother i have given up the trip and the situation returned to its native nothingness so i just think that's so cool Um, so yeah, so that's, what's going on with that one. And then after that, she says, it is learning to stand still, which seems so difficult for man. I have dealt more fully with this law in the chapter of non-resistance. So yeah, like you always have to just like stand still and just like let things go to divine plan and then it'll just work itself out. Um, so next we talk about, oh, this is where she's talking about like the state, um, a counterfeit $20 bill. And so then she's like, let's, let us analyze the situation and find out why you attracted it. So like, if, if like, I don't want to say bad things, but undesirable things, I don't know. It she like the way that Florence Goldstein like rationalizes it is that like you must have attracted it like, um well, the last chapter when the woman ate the bad oyster, it was because she was um, being a gossiper but like in a negative way because I saw this TikTok that said gossiping is actually a good thing because it brings people together, but um <laughs> anyway, here she says, um when she asked this to to the woman who came to her she's like. I know it. I sent a friend a lot of stage money just for a joke. So the law had sent her some stage, stage money for does not know anything about jokes. And um, so it's like, it was just like the, like the, it was just like karma. Like you did this as a joke, so now this happened to you even though it's not. So then Florence Goval says, now we will call on the law of forgiveness and neutralize the situation. So, going with like the chapter, uh, I mean the title of the chapter, it says like the law of karma and the law of forgiveness. So then it was karma, and then you ask for forgiveness, and then the situation is neutralized. Christianity is, found, is founded upon the law of forgiveness. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of karmic law, and the Christ within each man is his redeemer and salvation from all inharmonious conditions. So I said, infinite spirit, we call on the law of forgiveness and give thanks that she is under grace and not under law and cannot lose this $20, which is hers by divine right. Now I said, go back to the bank and tell them fearlessly that it was given to you, that it was, that it was given you there by mistake. She obeyed and to her surprise, they apologized and gave her another bill, treating her most courteously so yeah so it's like just about the law of forgiveness and that you can correct everything um, that you that you need so next it says so knowledge of the law must sorry so knowledge of the law gives man power to rub out his mistakes man cannot force the external to be what he is not if he desires riches, he must be rich first in his consciousness. So if you believe, once again, if you believe it, then it'll happen. All right. And then let me see what I have for my next one. Um, So it just goes on with what I just said. Man cannot force the external to be what he is not. That's on page um, 44. And then... Many people are in ignorance of the fact that gifts and things are investments and that hoarding and saving invariably lead to loss. So this is like what she's been saying in previous chapters as well um, about like if you, like that woman that was trying to find an apartment and then she bought some blankets for the apartment that I like showed like the, the good faith and then she ended end up getting an apartment or like the woman who... Um, didn't have enough money for christmas she went out and bought um like the boxes for the gifts and then sure enough like tinsel and stuff and then sure enough everything um came together so here it's like like that's like the problem in america like that billionaires are hoarding all this all this wealth instead of spending it like why have money if you're not going to spend it like you have to just trust that more will come in, that you're never going, if you, once you have like your steady income, if you believe in all of this kind of thing, then you're not, you're not going to end up losing because you just, you'll just make more money. You'll have a, you have a lot of um, streams of income. So it's okay to spend. And that's something that I've also been having to learn too, because um, like, with the house and everything. Like, we've been, like, saving and saving and saving to make sure we have enough. But luckily, my husband, he always reminds me, like, we can't just lock ourselves up in the apartment and not live life because we're trying to wait for something else. So we have been taking trips, and we have been going this. In, and sure enough, like, we have been getting more opportunities to make money um, to still be able to afford the house. So it's, like, all working out. Um, so, yeah, so that is for that part. So here, right before that quote, she says, The woman herself um, became made over and keeps herself keyed up financially by being ever, ever watchful of the external and the expecting prosperity, knowing God is her supply. So, she doesn't have to worry about um, about her money because God is her supply. So, she knows that the more that she spends, that she'll just be getting this back. So, that's great. Alright, the next one is on page 45. It says, the law always stands back of the men who spends fearlessly with wisdom. So, going along the same line. So, Um, When you spend, then it'll just keep coming back. If a man ignores these lendings to spend or to give, the same amount of money will go in an uninteresting or unhappy way. So you'll lose more if you don't spend, is basically what she's saying. Um, and then the last quote that I have, so that was on page 45, and now on page 46, she says, Jesus Christ brought the good news, the gospel, that there was a higher law than the law of karma, and that the law transcends the law of karma. It is a law of grace or forgiveness. Um... So, let me see. So, yeah. I feel like that's, like, the perfect way uh, to end it. So, let's see. But then, and I don't know necessarily why I did this, but like I said, it has been a while since I've read all of this. But I wrote, I then I went to get the quote from John eight thirty one. So, I'm just going to read it and see why i have it here and we'll go from there so john 8 31 it says so jesus said to the jews who had believed in him if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you know the truth and the truth will set you free they answered him we are the offspring of abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone how is it that you say you will become free jesus answered them truly truly i say to you." Everyone who practice, practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The sun remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Super cool. Um, because she used that quote earlier in the book, and so I wonder why I put it at the end, but it actually ends up um, working out. So it says here, this is at the end of page 46. The world, thought, the world thought is that of sin, sickness, and death. He saw their absolute unreality and said, Sickness and sorrow shall pass away and death itself, the last enemy, be overcome. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, be of good cheer. I, I have overcome the world. Now we know from a scientific standpoint that death could be overcome by stamping the subconscious mind with a conviction of eternal youth and eternal life. The subconscious being with simply power, without direction, carries out orders without questioning. Working under the direction of the superconscious, the Christ or God within man, the resurrection of the body would be accomplished. Man would no longer throw off his body in death. It would be transformed into the body electric, sung by Walt Whitman. For Christianity is founded upon the forgiveness of sins and an empty tomb. How cool! So that's how that um, the chapter the chapter ends. So yeah, um, I guess like what we could take away from this chapter is that whatever goes around comes around but that you can always break the cycle That it doesn't have to be a cycle forever it doesn't have to be like oh you got me so I have to get you you could just forgive and I feel like like she was saying that's the basis of Christianity but more than that because I feel like other religions have this as well like when you forgive that's when you truly love oh and I saw this great quote that I posted um on my Instagram story, and I don't even know if I could find it right now. But it like literally blew my mind. It says, "Respect was invented to cover the empty place where love should be," and this is in, Anna Karen Karenina, by Leo Tolstoy. Tolstoy, I feel like I said that wrong. I'm sorry, but yeah, like this just like completely blew my mind, because people are always like respect your elders or respect this respect that but the thing is is that you wouldn't need to respect if you just love because it would just be like innate if you love something you're not going to disrespect it because you love it not because you feel then the you don't have to be obedient and like feel the need to respect see what i'm saying so i was just like wow um and so i feel like it goes along with this with like the law of forgiveness that when you truly do feel sorry and you really do just love then you can you can end that cycle of karma um but I feel like if you just respect the law then it's not gonna really get you anywhere because it has to do with the intention going back to the beginning it's all about the intention I feel like respect is like a duty whereas love is just love um, and so, so yeah, I just think that's really cool, and so I feel like that's, I feel like so many of us, like, hold on to, like, every, all of our wrongdoings, all of our sins, and we just have to forgive ourselves, like, we are quick, some of us, um, like, I think it's all, like, it depends kind of thing, you know, like, in situations, like, you're quick to forgive this person who's hurt you a million times, but then this other person does, hurts you once, and you're just like, bye, <laughs> and, so I feel like we're quick... I'm going to say this anyway. So I feel like we're quick to forgive others, but it's, like, harder to forgive ourselves. And I feel like the forgiveness really comes when you really love yourself instead of just, like, feeling like you need to respect yourself kind of thing because then it's not it's not real. It's just, like, the absence. So, So yeah, all of that, just like I said, like just, like, comes full circle. And so, like, everything is a mirror like we learned in the last chapter so whatever you see in your life is just a reflection of how you feel and so I saw that firsthand when I was like looking too deep in someone else's relationship and I'm like oh my gosh like I was looking at all the bad things of this person with when I was when I was just like projecting my insecurities in my relationship so it's just like super interesting how everything's a mirror but then through forgiveness like we can um what how did she write it in here um florence goldman she said that the knowledge of the law gives man power to rub out his mistakes so i think that's really great that because we're human we're gonna make mistakes but it's okay because we learn from those mistakes and then we become better people. And like I said, I feel like everything is just about growing. And that's what I was saying, like my whole like spiral tangent thing was that I I asked the students that question, but I also asked them, like, do you love to learn? And to my surprise, 95% of them said yes. I had one class of like 10 kids, it's summer school, so that said no, <laughs> but Everybody else said yes, and I just found that so interesting that I feel like we're born with this innate curiosity of the world, and somewhere between being a child and an adult, we lose that curiosity, and I feel like that's what we need to hold on to the most, because by that's how we'll find our passions, and that's how we'll find how we're going to make this world a better place, and how to, to love. Um And so, yeah, so that was that chapter of the law of karma and the law of forgiveness. And next week, it'll be, let me just look real quick. It'll be casting the burden, impressing the subconscious. So stay tuned for that, and I'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.